Uh, okay, Google. What's my name again? Sorry. Try asking again. Okay, Google. Could you remind me what my name is? I couldn't verify your voice, so I can't set any reminders. Anyways, <laughs> I found out a way. I found, anyways, I found out a way for Google to be super racist towards me, and it is hilarious. Oh, what did you? What did you have Google name you? I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to spoil the surprise. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Once I get it working, it was just doing it yesterday. Maybe it like got woke or something. All right. All right. Anyways, yeah, let's do it, man. All right, Jason. So on today's episode, we're picking up where we left off at your topic from the last episode of Stone Mountain in Georgia. Hell yeah. And we are going to go. I don't have a topic this week. What? The teacher came unprepared? <laughs> teacher came unprepared because we have a listener topic to go to. So we're going to go from Stone Mountain to this listener's write-in topic they said this is a batshit crazy story and we should do it on the podcast so we're doing it on the podcast this came from ashley in charlottesville north uh charlottesville virginia where i think your brother whoa why are you why why are you giving people's like locations away first off you tell everybody that where i live the city and then i don't tell everyone that you live in springfield virginia and now now you're telling somebody of where this 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 where I can only find a uh, this this lady who is only trying to help us out, and now you're like, yeah, she lives in Charlottesville. What? <laughs> Stop giving people's addresses away, Kyle. <laughs> no, no, Jason, Charlottesville is a whole city. Yeah, yeah, I know. Stop telling people. Yeah, it's a it's a limited city with limited people in it. Sorry, Jason. For anyone that wants to find out, Jason's brother lives just under the. Uh, the Shenandoah National Park on the southern end. Right underneath. Right by right Charlottesville. Underneath. Yeah, he's a mountain man. So if anyone wants to find... What's your brother's name? Jason, but J-A-S-O-N. <laughs> your, your, your parents named you both Jason. Yeah. But just just spelled his name correctly. They figured it'd be easy. Er, yeah. Well, he was first. He was first born. I get it. Hats off. Yeah. Jason the Jason the first. That's kind of like I think. Uh, All right. So to recap, to I recap, think, Kyle, you <laughs> the real, real quick. I was gonna say I think. Go for it. Dikembe Mutombo has like twelve kids, and he named them all the same. Did he really? Yeah. With like different, like maybe like different, sp- little different spellings. I, I bet. I think it's Dikembe Mutombo or Manute Bowl. Uh, speaking of family, uh, you've got five sons, uh-huh, five, five sons. daughters. I know you're very proud of all of them. Uh, However, all of your sons are famously named George, and all yeah. our viewers definitely want to know why. Well, I got hit by Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier, Ken Norton, Evander Holyfield. You let them hit you and see how many names you can remember. <laughs> Not many. So I even tried to petition my wife to change her name <laughs> to George. Hey everyone, welcome to Wiki University, a podcast that dives down the rabbit hole of Wikipedia to explore the sum of all human knowledge. I'm Kyle Berseth, your host and dean of this fine institution, and as always, I'm joined by our summa cum laude, Jason Nunez. If this is your first time at WikiU, thanks for tuning in. Jason and I are comedians, and this is a podcast that combines learning and comedy, so it's for smart people and dumb people alike. 
On every episode, Jason and I get together over Zoom and attempt to link two very different topics across Wikipedia. So strap on and strap in because on this episode of WikiU, we're picking up where we left off at Stone Mountain outside of Atlanta, Georgia. Then we'll be bouncing around Wikipedia from one terrible topic to another until landing on someone who has to be one of the most soulless people alive, September 11th fraudster Tanya Head. All right, Jason, so on today's episode, we're going to pick up where we left off from your topic on the last episode, which was Stone Mountain in Stone Georgia. Stone Cold Steve Mountain, baby. Stone Hell Cold yeah. Steve Mountain. You know, we haven't touched on Stone Mountain too much, but there are some racist carvings behind you. I think they should replace all the heads on these racist carvings with Stone Cold Steve Austin, and they could rename the whole park Stone Cold Steve Mountain Park. Dude, that would work because one, Stone Cold, still white, uh, that I know of, right. and also super anti-racist. He's against any sort of uh, bigotry or that bullshit. So is he really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like he's made it well known. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Good for him because he if, spoke out during like BLM and or during that time, like last year and stuff. For sure. If you saw a picture of him, you'd think the most racist. Well, that's you, Kyle. You have judgmental eyes. I'm an op- I'm an open window, man. Come in. Come fill me up. Yeah, I guess I have pretty judgmental eyes when I see a white man with a shaved head. Uh, chugging beers, shotgunning beers. <laughs> in 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 a sleeveless jean jacket. And then throwing the empty cans at his fans. <laughs> and we love it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what my eyes were thinking. They were just racist towards uh, this poor white guy that's a that's a great idea though your idea of sticking stone cold on all those faces i feel like it would make uh both parties happy not not you know i think i think they can they can agree to disagree if that was the case you know (laughs) right the left and right can really come together (laughs) on stone cold steve austin (laughs) it's called stone cold steve mountain i know i know but the you know it's it's named after someone anyway The topic we're going to today, Jason, is a woman by the name of Alicia, 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 Estevev, God damn, Alicia Esteve Head. For real? She's an Esteve Head? She's an Esteve Head. She loves Emilio Esteve. Damn, Emilio Esteve Head? And what's interesting about this lady is she is the president of the Emilio Esteve fan club. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Let me read you a little bit about her so we know where we're going, and then we'll head over to Stone Mountain and pick up where we left off. Yeah, beautiful. Alicia Esteve Head is a Spanish woman who claimed to be a survivor of the attacks on the World Trade Center on September 11th, 2001, under the name Tanya Head. So she had an alias, Tanya Head. (laughs) She kept that good head, you know what I mean? She joined the World Trade Center Survivors Network support group, later becoming its president. I didn't just survive the Twin Towers. I'm the president. I'm the president of (laughs) 9-11. Damn, I mean, 
What's the grossest thing is that we let a fucking Spaniard become the president of 9 11. <laughs> well, we've been talking for uh, <laughs> one minute here, and it's only it's only been one minute into the podcast, and Jason is already trashing Spaniards. Well, <laughs> that didn't take very long. Well, I mean, I think I think I'm allowed to trash this certain Spaniard. She's fucking running for 9-11 president. Well, if you're going to make assumptions about all Spaniards based on this woman, I think that's fair to do. Yeah, I assumed that all Spaniards uh, died on 9-11. But... Wow. Okay, her name was regularly mentioned in media reports of the attacks. In 2007, it was revealed Head's story was a hoax, fake Head. She was not in New York City on September 11th, 2001, but in reality was attending classes in her native city of Barcelona. So, is she, so she's, so she's a, a, a Spanish citizen, correct, from Spain? She's not, like, from here, and then she was, like, I, studying abroad or, or something, or... It sounds like she's she yeah she's she's from Spain yes from Barcelona. Lisps make me uncomfortable. I gotta be honest. That and guys that paint their fingernails. I said it. <laughs> it makes me uncomfortable. I don't like it. That's how I feel, and you can't do anything about that. I gotta believe it's uncomfortable to add a lisp to all your speech. Like if if that was the way we talked, where I'm like. Is a Spanish woman who claimed to be a survivor of the attacks on the World Trade Center on September 11th. I mean, to even say I'm a survivor of September 11th. Yeah, that's rough. 2001. But to have to add the lisp just so you're, it sounds like you're speaking correctly. It sounds like Sylvester the Cat <laughs> was at 9-11 when you say that. All right, Jason. Well, that's where we're headed. Let's start at Stone Mountain. Can you put the timer for 60 minutes. All right, timer has started. Okay, I'm on Stone Mountain. Like we said last time, it's a quartz monzonite dome. Mono <laughs> it's a big freaking mountain. But I think the reason you picked this topic is for the Confederate Memorial. Did I pick the topic for the Confederate Memorial? You had heard about this topic. Yeah, no shit. Okay, whoa. <laughs> well, we didn't cover it last time, so I just wanted I to... I would have fucking picked any other fucking stupid-ass mountain. No, this one has a piece of art in it. Of course, that's why I picked it. All right, so I, I went down... Let me, and let me correct you. I didn't pick it because it has Confederate soldiers in it. I picked it because it has art in it, because it has uh, what I find to be... a a feat that humans, uh, whatever, feet. <laughs> Do you know why you picked it? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to find out. <laughs> All right, so it has a Confederate memorial. I went down to the section of Confederate memorial. The largest bas-relief sculpture in the world. Is it bas-relief or base-relief? I think bas-relief. The largest bas-relief sculpture in the world. The Confederate memorial carving depicts three Confederate leaders of the Civil War. President Jefferson Davis. I think they should say Confederate President Jefferson Davis. And generals Robert E. Lee and Thomas J. Stonewall Jackson on their favorite horses, Blackjack, Traveler, and Little Sorrel, respectively. Traveler has its own Wikipedia page. Hmm. The entire carved surface measures 1.57 acres. See? See what, what I mean? That's a feat. Acres? 
That is a feat. The carving of the three men is 400 feet above the ground, measures 76 by 158 feet, uh, and is recessed 42 feet into the mountain. The deepest point of the carving is at Lee's right elbow, which is 12 feet into the mountain's surface. Because he's like, he's like elbowing back one of his slaves or something, you know? <laughs> Get back in there. The project was... Greatly advanced by Mrs. C. Helen Plain, a charter member of the United Daughters of the Confederacy and the first president and honorary life president of the Georgia State Division. After obtaining the approval of the Georgia UDC, she set up the UDC Stone Mountain Memorial Association. She chose the sculpture Gutsan Borglum for the project and invited him to visit the mountain uh, although, despite his KKK involvement, she, quote-unquote, would not shake his hand. He was, after all, a Yankee. So he was a Yankee, but involved in the KKK. But she's like, hey, you're not racist enough because you're from the North. And he's like, here's my KKK card. Yeah. We're on the same team. Yeah, one more, one more punch and I get the third K. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> It's like a sub card. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's like a complimentary uh whatever that's called uh frequent racist card. Yeah. But uh but no, that's that's awesome to hear that women, you know, can be fucking wrong side of history too, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, we're going to Tanya head eventually, so. Cuz 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 let's be honest, as as bad as these guys were right behind me, they didn't make this happen. They weren't the ones that were like Well, they were they it, no was it even done while they were alive it was well i don't know yet but exactly so that's what i mean like this was all a woman's doing not a woman's doing jason a whole group of women the united daughters of the confederacy are you trying to say that one woman couldn't have done it that she needed multiple to equal one man of what one one man can do well they they hired a man gutsan borglum to sculpt it a yankee Barely counts. Here's the story. She wouldn't shake his hand. She met him at the Atlanta train station, took him to her family's summer home at the foot of the mountain, and introduced him to Sam Venable, another active clan member and owner of the mountain. He owned a whole mountain. Borglum also enlisted Luigi Del Bianco, whom he would also involve in Mount Rushmore. Wait, did Gutsan Borglum also sculpt Mount Rushmore? We'll never know. Yeah, that's why people people want to... No, I don't think this again... Was it the same guy that sculpted? I don't know. But uh, definitely people want to tear down that mountain. Yeah, so Gutsan Borglum also did Mount Rushmore. He's actually, I'd say, more famous for Mount Rushmore. He was the bass relief guy of the day. Mm, he's like, so when people were like, yo, I... I got a bass relief guy. They're like, they're talking about him. Yeah. They're like, we gotta, we gotta get, I know. We gotta get the pair of goots on and Luigi on this. Yep. You put on your goots on one goots at a time. Borgum's original plan was five groups of figures, 65 mounted officers representing the states to be chosen by the states. General Nathan (laughs) Bedford Forrest and his cavalry, some 700 to 1,000 figures. (laughs) Each from 35 to 50 feet high. When was he going to find the time to do this? Yo, this is hilarious. And this, I'm willing to bet this came before um, Mount Rushmore. 
Okay. And this is my theory. Why? Because he found out how fucking long and hard stone mountain took. And so he's like, for, yo, for uh, Mount Rushmore, there's no way I'm doing bodies, just fucking heads, just heads. <laughs> and they were, they were originally like, let's do all 25 presidents. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you want to find out when Mount Rushmore was made? I, Please. I feel like it was made first, and then this United Daughters of the Confederacy were like, we need one of those down here. We got this guy in the KKK who made a mountain. I don't know. I don't know. I'm really willing to bet that this came first i think you're right jason only because like why would you because to me honestly especially with what you said like their big plans became like oh let's just have three people then it's like you kind of learned yeah your lesson from the first one you know and you kind of did that and so the next one you're just like well i'm not gonna fucking do horses and bodies and shit like, well on this one he on stone mountain he was gonna do a thousand <laughs> little bodies right that's what i mean that's what I mean. And then when he finished, or before he finished, he'd like tempered those expectations because that's it wasn't gonna happen. Yeah, it just wasn't. I wonder. He would still be working on it right now to get what seven hundred. Oh, he had Calvaries. He had he had whole depictions. Yeah, like he had big plans. Bullshit. Yeah. Well, anyway, Mount Rushmore took from nineteen twenty-seven until nineteen forty-one. And this one was completed when? Uh, his original plan was five groups of figures, sixty-five mounted mounted officers representing the states, some uh General Nathan Bedford Forrest and his cavalry. So a bunch of people on horseback, some seven hundred to one thousand figures, each from thirty-five feet to fifty feet high. In addition, Borglum planned a room uh, cut 60 feet into the mountain, 320 feet wide and 40 feet high, faced by 13 columns. Venable deeded the north face of the mountain to the UDC in 1916 on condition that it complete a sizable Civil War monument in 12 years. Finances as well as technical problems slowed progress, and the guy was probably like, well, what if we just do uh, three people and their famous horses? Whoa, this is crazy. The U.S. Mint issued a 1925 commemorative silver U.S. half dollar bearing the words Stone Mountain as a fundraiser for the monument. So the U.S. Mint fundraised this Confederate monument. Surprise, surprise. That is pretty pathetic because it's kind of like, yo, you won. Just own it. You won. You don't need to give them shit. I think it's pathetic that um, he didn't finish it. I mean, that's the pathetic part. It's not done. All right, so <laughs> it's not done. So now, now it kind of changed my mind. Yeah, take take it down because it's like it's not even finished. So it's like if it was finished, well, no. then I'd be like, oh, take it down. Yeah, but you or, got or don't take it. The down. finish is changing all their faces to Stone Cold Steve Austin. If, now, if they do that, back on board. Okay, thank you. The issue, which required the approval of both the 1926 Congress and President Calvin Coolidge, was the largest issue of commemorative coins by the U.S. government up to that time. Financial conflicts between Borglum and the association led to his firing in 1925. He's like, fuck that, I'll go do Mount Rushmore. He destroyed his models, claiming that they were his property, but the association nice. disagreed and had a war... The racist was bitter at the end what <laughs> well he destroyed his models claiming that they were his property but the association disagreed and had a warrant issued for his arrest 
he was warned of the arrest and narrowly escaped to North Carolina, whose governor, Agnes McLean, refused to extradite him, though he could not return to Georgia. I didn't know you could, like, states extradited. I just assumed the Fed got involved and pulled you where you needed to be arrested to. True, but I think during that time, I don't know that the Fed was so involved like right. that. Right, yeah, yeah. They weren't tapping all the, yeah, I mean. all the phone calls and everything. That's where it seems to be a lot of a common theme. These white guys are really all about their property, no matter what it is. They're really stuck on that. Hey, man, this guy really wanted the intellectual property rights to his 1,000-person bass relief. I mean, I honestly, I would have I left it. If I was him, I would have left it and be like, yeah, you go ahead and try. <laughs> Knock yourself out. <laughs> exactly. So here's what happened. After a number of sculptors turned them down, uh, they started, you know, they started looking for someone new. Augustus Lukeman took up the work in 1925 with a different, smaller design. Fundraising was even more difficult after the public debate and name-calling and work stopped in 1928. In 1941, segregationist Governor Eugene Talmadge formed the Stone Mountain... Oh, so it did come after Mount Rushmore. The concept preceded Mount Rushmore, but the actual execution came after Mount Rushmore. I wonder if the original sculptor was actually trying to get fired after he pitched this ridiculous idea. He was like, I can't do this. I got to destroy these models, get my money, and get out. He bit off more than he can chew, and he's like, oh, shit. Let me just set all these, like, blueprints on fire. <laughs> right. All right, so... Jason, we got to start moving here towards 9-11. We got to get from this to 9-11. I can go to the involvement of the KKK if you want, but maybe we should go down to the Confederate memorial controversy. We all know it got built now. I mean, honestly, it should be you go to KKK and then we go to terrorists mm. because they are now a terrorist group. Okay. And then we get 9-11. Let's briefly touch on the Confederate memorial controversy because that's how you heard of this, correct? The one that's going on now. Right. Yeah, yeah. I saw it on Cheddar News, baby. Cheddar News. This is not a plug for Cheddar News, but it is a plug for Cheddar News. Hell yeah. After the Charleston church shooting in mid-2015, Stone Mountain... Oh, the Charleston Chew shooting? Nope. After the Charleston church shooting... In mid-2015, Stone Mountain was the subject of a political debate related to the removal of symbols of the Confederacy. This controversy was stimulated by a movement in other states to remove the Confederate battle flag and statues of Confederate leaders from public areas. A proposal was made to remove the Confederate carving from Stone Mountain Park. However, according to Georgia state law, no one is allowed to alter the figures carved upon the stone face. Any changes within the state park would require approval by the state legislator. Legislature. So, uh, blah, blah, blah. In August 2017, after the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, Virginia, a white nationalist, Charlottesville, a white nationalist protest against the removal of the Robert E. Lee Monument and Stonewall Jackson sculpture turned violent. Many people across the country again demanded the removal of many con Confederate monuments and memorials as part of a national political debate. Georgia State Representative Democratic gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams called for the removal 
by sandblasting of Stone Mountain's carving. She called it a quote-unquote blight on our state. On January 5th, 2020, 100 to 200 armed protesters came to Stone Mountain to call for the carving's removal, known as the Not Fucking Around Coalition, the NFAC. It was a protest against both overt and systemic racism. Yeah, the fact. Calling out white supremacists with the location being chosen in part due to its history as the place where the KKK was reformed. So anyway, on August 15th, the Park Administration closed its gates in reaction to a gathering of white nationalists planned there. And the, so white nationalists are showing up with their guns. The left is, sh- the not fucking around coalition is showing up with their guns. And that's where we stand today. Where do you stand, Jason? Do you, you're, you think it's art? I mean, it's most definitely art, but it's also not finished. So at that point, you can just make it better. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like, Hey, we got this thing relieved in here. Can we do it like a like people do tattoos? Exactly. Cover it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw yeah. That's a great idea. Carve it into something else. That's right. Cuz not only I mean cuz obviously like if you keep carving it goes deeper, but it's like I think we got the technology to stick two pieces of rocks together, you know? Yeah, mortar. I say There uh, we go. <laughs> why not? Why not why not cover it up? Um I definitely don't think it should be like destroyed destroyed. But why can't we add on to it? Why can't we move forward? Why destroy it and go back? Because it's still a piece of art. Right. Even though it was made by a piece of shit, it's still pretty fascinating to see. I guess we're on the same page here. Uh, let's let's repurpose it. Oh, you're a white nationalist? Wait, are you a white nationalist? Because that's not what I meant by being on the same page. <laughs> you just outed yourself as a white nationalist? Well, Jason, uh, I'm sorry, but we can't have brown people in our group. Uh, that's I'm out then. How did you infiltrate the white nationalists? Just like, uh, just like that bitch did that head. <laughs> yeah. Just like, uh, and then just like how the other, what's it called? Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm an inside man. Just like, uh, you're like, I'm not Peruvian. I'm Spanish. Oh God! Well, no, I'll never claim that. That's <laughs> no fuck no. No way. Uh, but uh, but no. What was that? What was that lady? Um. Who like basically put on blackface and became the president of the NCAA? Rachel Dolezal. <laughs> the NCAA. <laughs> <And> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was like, "It's March Madness. I love basketball." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when she put on blackface and started dunking. That was insane. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how it works? What was her name though? What was her name? Rachel Dolezal. Rachel Dolezal. That's right. That she became like president of not the, of not the whole thing, but like of whatever section from where she was at of the uh, NAACP, I believe. Correct. I don't know. Yeah, I guess maybe like a regional president. Hey, man, that's an article for another day. I believe so, yeah. So I went to the KKK at your request. (laughs) Yeah. Jason really wanted to make this a white nationalist episode, and here we are. All right, but I think... I'm trying to get whites uncomfortable. I'm just looking at the first sentence here, Jason, and I think we can get to 9-11 pretty quickly. Yeah, I know. That's why I suggested. Triple K, baby. (laughs) Put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> I'm taking it back. I'm taking a lot of shit back. All you whites ruin everything. And now I have to take things back. Okay? <laughs> Live strong, baby. Live strong. Wait a minute. So so you're saying the KKK once belonged to Peruvians? No, no. It You guys ruin, ruin everything. So now it's up to me, a non-white, to infiltrate and take it back. I'm taking KKK back. Take it back, man. Get yeah. your punch card out. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> 
All right, so I'm on the Ku Klux Klan. The Ku Klux Klan, commonly shortened to the KKK or the Klan, is an American white supremacist terrorist hate group whose primary targets are African Americans, as well as Jews, immigrants, leftists, homosexuals, Catholics, and Muslims. So just everyone. I gotta be honest, I'm I'm like five out of those eight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Klan has existed in three distinct eras at different points in time during the history of the United States. Each has advocated extremist reactionary positions such as white nationalism, anti-immigration, and especially in later iterations, Nordicism, anti-Semitism, anti-Catholicism, prohibition, right-wing populism, anti-communism, homophobia, Islamophobia, and anti-atheism man they're doing it all i mean wh who wait so wait wait so prohibition so they're not they're for prohibition they at one time at, uh, you know they oh, have okay. three huh. distinct eras in different points in history but they've covered it all they hate it all at, at this point i don't know what they like i mean right because i can't imagine people who are in the kkk that don't drink alcohol there's no way, like, right. you're sober and you're also a KKK member. There's just zippy chance that you don't drink at all. Yeah, because you don't have a type of career path that allows you to have a cushy life. Like, you gotta drink. Yes. If these are your views. Correct. All right, so let's dive in here. Or, Jason, we could leave the KKK already and go to terrorist hate group. Yeah. But I feel like we've learned nothing about the KKK. <laughs> what? Do we really need to learn more about them? I don't know. I mean, uh, by the way, it's them. By the way, the KKK likes to be, they uh, identify as them, them, they. Oh, them, they, yeah. Or I yeah. actually, I have heard there is a growing trend of people joining the KKK now that are KKKX. That is true. That is true. These are those, uh, the younger generation, mm -hmm. uh, if they want to go white nationalist on us, they go, yeah, they, they prefer to be called KKX. KKKX. Or is it just KKX? I think it's just KKX. <laughs> okay. They dropped the clan and added the added extreme. Yeah, exactly. They're taking it to the extreme, bro. Blue clocks extreme. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go to terrorist hate group. <laughs> you said you said it like while you're laughing. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go to terrorist hate groups. <laughs> Actually, terrorist hate group, it's two separate things. There's hate group and terrorist. So I accidentally clicked on hate group, but I'm going to terrorist, obviously. I mean, let's go with... Obviously, the, terrorists. With what we know. The collective we, not... Uh, not me, personally. All right, right-wing terrorism or far-right terrorism. Oh, this took me to right-wing terrorism. We need we need the other kind of terrorism. It's okay. You're still on there, so you can get the terrorism. Is, uh, yeah, right-wing terrorism or far-right terrorism is terrorism that is motivated by a variety of different right-wing and far-right ideologies, most prominently by neo-Nazism, neo-fascism, eco-fascism. I wonder what that is. I am curious... All right, I'm clicking on ecofascism real quick. Ecofascism. It's just fascists who are tree huggers. Love ecology, right? That's what I'm wondering. Ecofascism yeah. is a theoretical political model in which an author authoritarian government would require individuals to sacrifice their own interests to the quote unquote organic whole of nature. 
Interesting. All right. So they are doing something with nature, but they're they're really forceful about it. I'm going to terrorism. Oh, wow. Look, there's a picture of 9-11. Is it really? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Too bad our topic's on 9-11. It's, uh, what's her name? I love how I say there's a picture of 9-11 and you're laughing your ass off. Right back at you, Jason. <laughs> you piece of shit. <laughs> so terrorism in the broadest sense, the use of intentional violence to achieve political aims. It is used in this regard primarily to refer to violence during peacetime or in the context of war against non-combatants, mostly civilians. And all right, I'm going to go to September 11th attacks in New York City. Yeah. 2001? Yeah, yeah. The Not the original, the, the sequel. Okay, okay. Gotcha. Uh, let me just read this sentence. We didn't really give any facts about terrorism, and this is just a very broad overview. We're trying to get to this Alicia head. Yeah, let's get to the nitty gritty of terrorism. I do find this sentence a little, I don't know, poorly worded maybe, but the term, the terms terrorist and terrorism originated during the French Revolution of the 18th century, so the 1700s, but gained mainstream popularity. I like how they're like, Hey, this is when terrorism really became popular in the 1970s. This is when terrorism got sponsored. Yeah, that was in the 1970s. People were like, disco, terrorism. <laughs> uh, so it gained popularity during the conflicts of Northern Ireland, the Basque country, and in Palestine. The increased use of suicide attacks from the 1980s onwards was typified by the September 11th attacks in New York City and in Washington, D.C. in 2001. All right, so I went to September. So wait, what, what, what did they say that the, the Irish were terrorists? They were good terrorists? That's what they were saying? They're not saying they were good terrorists. They were terrorists. So back in Ireland... Well, I'm not saying, like, good and bad. I mean, like, good, like, they are terrorists, and they're, like... I'll they're they're putting terrorism to the they're taking terrorism to the next level. Yeah, I'll briefly explain it to you. As as the Irish representative of the show, basically Northern Ireland and Ireland were having uh fights back in the 70s and 80s. Oh, like bar fights, like drunken brawls. That's probably how it started, but it was between Protestants and Catholics and the IRA, uh, that's right. religion, which was the Irish Republic uh, Army or Irish something army, they started okay. doing car bombs, not the drinks. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. And they started doing more like uh, guerrilla terrorism, and that's when that's when things really hit the mainstream and started popping. That's kind of fucked up. Like there, there is a drink called an Irish car bomb, right? Correct. Yeah, you drop a shot of. But like that's kind of like that's kind of weird. That's like saying, "Hey, can I get a shot of 911?" Yeah, yeah, we got to get there. You know, someday. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the 911. Yeah. And it's two tall beers that you chug back to back. <laughs> it's two giant like draft like log like uh, boot loggers. Yeah, like those 24 ounce yeah. <laughs> glasses. Yeah. But you don't even drink it. You but just I believe, to like fucking break it. I <laughs> you, no, it's lit on fire. It's like it's, it's lit on fire. You break it, and then you have to dig through the glass to slip up some of the. <laughs> oh, wow. To find to find to find remnants of beers. Who knew September 11th could be so funny? Exactly. Yeah. You know, Jason, 9/11. We kind of have most people alive 
that are listening to this podcast know about 9-11. So I'm looking at the contents of the articles here. I'm looking at cultural influence. The impact of 9-11 extends beyond geopolitics into society and culture in general. Immediate responses to 9-11 included greater focus on home life and time spent with family, higher church attendance, and increased expressions of patriotism, such as flying flags. The radio industry responded by removing certain songs from playlists, and the attacks have subsequently been used as background narrative or thematic elements in film, television, music, and literature. Already running television shows as well as programs developed after 9-11 have reflected post-9-11 cultural concerns. Uh, there's conspiracy theories. Did I ever tell you how did I ever tell you how I went to go see the 9-11 movie uh by myself? The uh what's it called? I think it was called like Flight The one with Nicolas Cage? Uh, Flight 93. Oh, no. Yeah. You went to see that by yourself? By myself, dude. It was so funny. I think I went, like, with my brother to the movie theater, right? Yeah. And then he wanted to go watch Silent Hill, and I don't like horror. Okay. So I was like, I'm going to watch <laughs> Flight 93. <laughs> by yourself? By myself. I don't like horror. I'm going to watch Flight 93. Horror scares me. Possibly the most horrifying, possibly the most horrifying situation you could get yourself into. Yeah. Or not that they got themselves into that, but fuck, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, they dude. didn't get themselves into that. <laughs> okay. We are still under cultural influence here. 9-11 has also had a major impact on the religious faith of many individuals. For some, it strengthened to find consolation to cope with the loss of loved ones and overcome their grief, others started to question their faith or lost it entirely because they could not reconcile it with their view of religion. Here we go. Maybe we could get to her here. The culture of America succeeding the attacks is noted for heightened security and an increased demand thereof, as well as paranoia and anxiety regarding future terrorist attacks that includes most of the nation. And there's links to paranoia and anxiety, although that might take us to bigger, bigger topics. But that's how you let the terrorists win. Wasn't that whole thing? With paranoia and anxiety? Right. That's, I mean, that's how you let them win. That's like the purpose of terrorism in this case aside from the political whatever it may be it's to instill fear in us yeah lose your faith and be scared about it i'm i'm, I'm kind of i'm i'm very i'm thankful i'm not a religious i'm not a religious guy I, I don't yeah i'm so happy i lost my religion before that yeah boy am i lucky oh in may so she got found out in 2007 here's a Little blurb, in May 2007, senators from both major U.S. political parties drafted legislation to make the review public. Well, that's not going to help. I don't know what review they're talking about. Oh, this is the CIA's investigation yeah. they made public. One of okay. the backers, Senator Ron Wyden, said, quote-unquote, the American people have a right to know what the CIA was doing in those critical months before 9-11. The report was released in 2009 by President Barack Obama. Um, oh, the 9-11 Commission, the National Commission on Terrorist Attacks upon the United States, which was the 9-11 Commission for short. Uh, you know, the USTED form was the 9-11 Commission. Wait, so, what, so wait, what did the CIA know? 
beforehand? Ah, that's a good question. In yeah. 2004, John L. Helgerson, the inspector general of the CIA, conducted an internal review of the agency's pre-9-11 performance and was harshly critical of senior CIA officials for not doing everything possible to confront terrorism. According to Philip Garaldi in The American Conservative, Helgerson criticized their failure to stop two of the 9-11 hijackers, Nawaf al-Hazim and Khalid al-some dude as they entered the United States and their failure to share information on the two men with the FBI. So basically, the CIA wasn't communicating with the FBI for some reason. Because they're, because the CIA and the FBI, it's all fucking a, a dick measuring contest all the time. Yeah, it's like a turf war. That's why. So they're all... They're all exactly. They're all fucking self-involved, and then when actual information comes from any anybody that's foreign, they laugh at it because they're foreign. They both. They both. That's where they come together. The CIA and FBI come together in the laughing at foreign information. Yeah, it goes back to white nationalism. There's a lot of racists and white nationalists, not only in our police, uh, in our in our police, but in our in our government and our specifically in our CIA, what? FBI, what all that bullshit. No way. No way. There's yeah, white people in these organizations that are racist, Jason? Yeah, you heard it here first, folks. No, get out of here with that. Yeah, and when, so when they're not being racist, they're measuring each other's dicks, and so that's how 9-11 happened, basically. Well, speaking of dicks, we got to get to Tanya Head here, man. Ooh. So there's the rebuilding, there's memorials, maybe there's a memorial about her. I don't know. Like, we Wait, there's a memorial? <laughs> there's a memorial to her. What if, what if, uh, yeah, what if there was a memorial to her and people, and that was the fight, like, to tear down her memorial or not? She, <laughs> there's a bass relief at the overall 9-11 memorial. The best fraudsters from yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the World Trade Center. The 9-11 fraudsters. The 9-11 yeah. fraudsters, yeah. Well, maybe, is there, is there something, like, at the end, maybe there's, like, a you know, see yeah, maybe I've, like in the references or something. So I've scrolled down all the way to see also, and there's notable people or maybe there, <laughs> notable, notable nine ers notable people, notable, notable terrorists. People. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, there's also like, Oh my God, Jason, th this is ridiculous. There's like hundreds of fraudsters. <laughs> I was going to say references, but you know, all these references are probably fake. They're all probably part of the yep. conspiracy to make yes. this seem like it wasn't an internal government. Hey, your, your words, not mine. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Jason, Jason, I got it. I got it. Seriously? Seriously? I think. Under what? Under. There, I don't know. There's this purple section at the very bottom. For fraudsters? And no, it's like, uh, I don't know how they organize this, but there's like a purple section. This is a new section of Wikipedia to me. I've never Whoa. gone I've never gone down here. You're really going in knee deep with this one. But they have victims under there. They don't have her under there. But then under miscellaneous, we have Tanya Head. Really? Uh, Miss Elanius herself? Miss Elanius. Tanya Head? Tanya Head. Is that her American name or a Spanish name? Because she goes by Esteve Head. Esteve Head. Alicia Esteve Head. Oh, I know what happened. Yeah, she kind of like changed her name the way like Charlie Sheen did. 
Yeah. He, he doesn't want to be an Estevez. She wanted to get rid of the Estevez. She's like, I don't want to. I don't want to be an Estevez. I want to be just plain old head. Exactly. So she changed her name to Tanya Head. You can't. You don't want to be Googleable. You know. Yeah. You don't. Well, first when off, you're committing fraud. But also, she didn't make that big of an effort. Yeah, I don't trust people that change their names, honestly. Hey, 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 Jason. Yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I don't like it. For stand-up, I briefly changed my name. I didn't change it. I used my middle name. Yeah. You get, okay, you, you get a pass. Thank Any you. further than that, if you, like, changed, like, completely changed your first name or, or made a fake middle, uh, made a fake last name, yeah. then just shows me that you're, uh, I don't know, like, a liar, yeah, a little indecisive, maybe not uh, not committed to what was already given to you. You you know, mm. like it's already you're born with it, baby. Live with it. <laughs> Maybelline. You know how long it took me to get over my fucking name, the way it's spelled. Yeah, what'd it take? I don't know, a couple years. <laughs> I mean, for the I got to imagine for like the first eight years of your life, you didn't even realize it was a weird spelling of Jason. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. No, I did. It was very difficult for me because I went to I went to school as a kindergarten here, and there was a lot of Jason. Some little white boy came up to you and was like, "Your name's spelled wrong." Yeah, and I spit in his face. So then the next school I got transferred to, they, uh, I just I just had, myself I had a hard time spelling my name when I was very little. Oh. So the way I learned it, the way I learned it was, J, and then he, is son, because I'm a boy. Right. So I was like, okay, you're, you're the son. I'm the son. So that's how I started spelling it. And then so, but I hated, I hated elementary school because it was always the teachers mispronouncing it or just blah, blah, blah. But now as an adult and shit, it's like, it's whatever. It's a conversation starter. Anytime anyone at work, especially because see, that's the thing. People are too woke when they're just like, oh, wow, your name, your name is so cool. Your name is so cool. It's so interesting. Where are you from? Where are your parents from? What do you hail from? Yeah, that's what I say. That's so interesting. And it's just like, all right, dude, it's just my fucking name, man. Get off my dick. I kind of had the same. No one else spells it like that. There's no like, or some people spell it like that. It's not as uncommon as people think, but it's also like, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. Like, get off my dick. There's no need to. It's kind of like talking about weather. Give me a second. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Well, you're you're in a run-on sentence here, and you're just rehab. I get it. It's hard. It's been hard for you. I I feel guilty. You're bringing up my white guilt because the first time I met you, I was like, "That's such an interesting name. That's such an interesting name. That's such a. Where are your parents from? It's not when you were when you were born with it. That's like me saying Kyle's such an interesting name. I was like. Jason, why are you so tan? Why are you so tan, Jason? What? What? Yeah. You're so tan. You have that caramelly glow to you. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Why, why do you spell your name like that? Why are you different? Exactly. That's exactly. That's what comes off. These people are just like, why are you so different? It's so. It's so cool that you're so different. And then I hugged you, and I was like, it's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, we made it to Alicia Esteve Head, also known okay, as Tanya, did. in certain well, circles, okay, so in now... certain 9-11 circles. Ooh, the, yes. <laughs> the underground 9-11 circles that she runs in. <laughs> now, that's fucked up, man. She's, uh, well, do I get to, now do I get to read the first paragraph of this, or do you just want to read the first no, paragraph? I'll just read it. I got it. Unless you, okay. uh, you can practice your reading if you want. Beautiful. Yeah, just read. I mean, I kind of read the first paragraph, unfortunately, but, uh, y- you know. All right, let's do it. 
Uh, let's see. Alicia Estevehead <laughs> was born July 31st. Ooh, she's a cancer like me. Actually, no, that's not a cancer. Leo, like me. Oh, there you go. Uh, let's see. It's a Spanish woman who claimed to be a survivor of the attacks on the World Trade Center on September 11th, 2001, under the name Tanya Head. She joined the World Trade Center Survivors Network support group, later becoming the president. Her name was regularly mentioned in media reports of the attacks. Wow. In 2007, it was revealed Head's story was a hoax. She was not in New York on September 11, 2001, but in reality was attending classes in her native city of Barcelona. Barcelona. Oh, those attacks looked really bad. I want to be a part of it. Man, that's that's fucked up. Right now, she's 47 years old, and uh, she's still Spanish, and she still goes by Tanya Head. So, all right, I'm I'm interested to see to read up a little bit about this crazy kook uh, on the next episode because that's that's. Hey, Jason, we've been doing a bunch of strong female leads on this podcast recently, like Annie Oakley and Cindy Lauper. I can't think of anybody else stronger. Yeah, exactly. Another strong. Yeah, for a Spaniard to infiltrate the the, the American consciousness is, is quite strong. Quite strong. And yeah. congratulations to her. No, that bitch is crazy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Tanya, that bitch is crazy. Yeah, no, that's sick. That's sick. That makes me sick. But I do want to dive into to her. Well, anyway, next episode, we'll pick up at Alicia Esteve Head. Oh, at- How did you pronounce it? Ali- Alicia? Alicia. I mean, that's Alicia. L-I-A-L-I-C-I-A. That's Alicia. Alicia. But how would you pronounce it in Spanish? Oh, I don't know. Alicia? Alicia? Yeah. Alicia. Maybe. Alicia, one day you will be president. I don't, I don't, I don't know, Kyle. I'm not, I'm not Spanish, so I have no idea. I know, but you speak Spanish. That's your first language. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm Latino, Peruvian, American. Let's just say Tanya Head. We'll pick up. Shit. Bye, Alicia. All right, so that's where we'll pick up next episode, and people can find us at Wiki University on Instagram. And find me at Kyle Berseth on Instagram and listen to my other podcast, The Roamers Book Club, wherever you're listening to this. And what about you, Jason? Where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on Instagram at Laftinas. That's plural. Uh, you can find me at Twitter at Jason Nunez. And remember, it's J. He is son. Nunez. Uh, until next week. Class. Bye. Adjourned. Dismissed. <laughs> <laughs> Adjourn. <laughs> oh, is this not oh, is this not law school? Okay. <laughs>